Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Happy Sunday, everyone. This is Jacqueline Sanders with Blog Talk Radio's Tech Espresso Cafe. Uh, today I will be hosting solo. Typically, every week it will be either myself or it will be my co-host, David Blackman. And today, he's uh, let me go solo today for our show. And we're going to be talking to one of our interns that uh, we've worked with this year and get um, from his own mouth and his own words his perspective of his experience as an intern. And it's going to also give us an opportunity to explore his experience since coming out of college, uh, going after post high school, his experience with that, um, entering the job market, the interview uh, experience, and now as he successfully embarks upon his uh, career and where he's goals are in the future for his career as well. So we've got a lot to talk about and glad that he was able to join us on this Sunday. So I want to introduce, you'll recognize the last name, Blackman, but this is Derek Blackman. So hello, Derek Blackman. Hey, Jacqueline. Uh, Thank you for the introduction. (laughs) Thank you for uh, joining us today. Like I said, we're really excited, excited to have the uh, young, fresh perspective this is a whole different uh, arena. Um, I myself, uh, my co-host, we've been in our careers for 20 years, so you're in a place that is uh, new. So I'm really excited about hearing your experiences and you sharing with the audience because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that, whether it's coming out of high school or college or even parents who are trying to coach their children through this process, it's been a long time since we've been there. So why not talk to someone who is is fresh and going through the experience here and now? So really excited to have you on the show. Thank you. No, thank so you. Why don't thank we, you. So why don't we just start out, and why don't you share, kind of uh, tell us uh, your career so far, starting from the high school and kind of give everybody a perspective of, of where you are since high school. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I went to college, and I wanted to originally be a lawyer, so I started out as pre-law. Um, and I guess like any other high, uh, college student, we kind of 
jump around a little bit. I stuck with my major. I stayed in political science, but I started exploring different aspects. Um, I went from pre-law, started looking at uh, lobbying a little bit, and ended up settling on global studies. So as I progressed, I got closer to graduation. I started studying a little bit more um, theoretical perspectives of um, the political environment, a lot of political theory, um, um, uh, global security type classes, kind of away from the technical and more of the like analytical side of political science. So I graduated, and um, of course, it was very difficult to find a job that I wanted to do. Um, coming out, I think most college students, we have this kind of view that just got my college degree, I'm good to go, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to get a job, you know, quick. And it doesn't it doesn't work like that. It took it took me about maybe six I guess about six six months or so to find a job, um, especially with a liberal arts degree, something that's not specifically technical. So I ended up doing sales actually for about seven or eight months and type sales in a cubicle on the phone all day, fifty plus calls a day, and I knew it wasn't quite where I wanted to be. It wasn't what I wanted to do. So I, I started exploring, um, traveling a little bit, um, looking at going overseas and um, teaching English. And I had a great opportunity that um, that fell through um, on, its, on its own. And so then I moved into working at T-Mobile, doing sales there, working with the phones, um, learning a lot about the operating systems and applications on it, which is a lot of very interesting stuff. And while I was on that, I also interned with one of the political parties down here in Atlanta um, about 15 hours a week. So I was doing I was doing both of those for about four months until my present opportunity. And um, I'm really happy um, to get the opportunity to kind of branch out into IT because it's a lot different than what I thought I was going to end up doing. But I've I've really come to enjoy it. Um, the, the environment itself, all the different um, positions that are available, uh, it's it it seems like almost all the possibilities are endless. It seems like in IT to me. So that's that's pretty much where I am now. I'm still feeling it out, but I I kind of I come to like it more and more um, each day that I work. So. Awesome, awesome, and I mean you you've got a, a mouthful because kind of take us through the the timeline. You graduated from high school and. And college, kind of give us a, a bit of the timeline to bring us to the, the present uh, time so people kind of have some perspective. Okay, yeah, I graduated from high school in 2006, and then um, college, I graduated in 2011. So I've been out of school for about two years now. Okay, okay. And and I, I like your story because it should resonate with a lot of young people. I think there's some key messages uh, that I kind of want to reiterate is that sometimes you go into school with one intention, um, and and I don't think that you completely uh, abandoned that. I think that, that I, I like the fact that you said that you still kind of uh, have done some internships related to the, your political interests, and there's always opportunities to, to continue to, to stay in touch with that. But you've also been open-minded. I think that that's the key, too and that you've uh, kind of tried some different opportunities because you're still kind of feeling um, your way around. And, and the good thing is that you're allowing yourself to be exposed to some things, and it, even in the IT arena, because, you know, going from, like you said, from the political science to the liberal arts, 
and now finding yourself in IT, um, to some extent that's just partly being open-minded too, uh, to the, the opportunities. And it sounds like that in, in spite of, I think you said it was about six or seven months where uh, right out of school, you know, you were looking for the, the next opportunity. Sometimes people get locked into their, they're looking for one specific thing and they're just going to hold out for that one specific thing. But you've opened yourself up to some, some different opportunities, some around travel and so on and so forth. So, you know, just a lot of credit to you for, for being open-minded around that and, and exploring those um, opportunities. And I, I think you, you said something that, you know, was key. So let's go back to it. You said that a lot of college students, they think you're going to get the degree and get the job. And I'm sure it can sometimes be really discouraging. So kind of talk us through when you first got out of college, what was the job search? What were some of the realities that you hit about the whole job market and job search? Um, I think I think the most sobering uh, thing that I learned coming out was that with my even with my degree, I was not that desirable to jobs because even with the degree, we don't have the experience yet that a lot of other people have. And especially because the economy was where it was when I graduated, um, I'm sure that had a little bit to do with it. A lot of companies weren't looking to hire fresh college graduates. They wanted people who already had experience that they didn't have to teach, that they could come in and just start doing the work. And it's it's hard to realize that and to stay motivated because you, you have all these bad thoughts that start kind of gathering up, you know, maybe my degree wasn't worth it, um, and and it and it always is your degree always is worth it, but it does take some tenacity and and you have to really stay in a positive mindset. Which I, I know people personally who have let the market kind of get the best of them, and they you stop looking and you lose hope and you just get stuck doing whatever it is you're doing when you're not really realizing your full potential and that things just they don't come easy. You do you have to work for it, and I think one of the things. And my dad used to say to me, um, and I've always, I always repeat this to anyone, and I live by it. He says, um, "You do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do." And so, even if it's a job that you didn't think you're going to have to do, there's a skill set that you can build with pretty much any job. With that, when the sales job I had, I didn't like it at all. I don't like sales, but it really helped me build my presentation skills. When you talk, doing 50 calls a day, it it there's specific skill sets you can take away from any and every job that you do. And once you start getting experience, even if it's in different environments, it starts coming together and really manifesting itself into something a lot bigger. And, and it, it takes a lot to really realize that that's what you're doing when you come out. It's not, you're not necessarily going to come out and automatically start your career. You have to build your skill set up to make you a little bit more desirable to, go, to coincide with the degree that you've earned. So um, it, it's, it's hard to stay motivated, but, that's that's key to stay motivated and, and keep hammering away and, and refining your resume and refining your skill sets until you find that job that you really want to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I can't help but to go back to a lot of it, what I'm hearing is, uh, you know, around your attitude. And um, like I said, is is and that was a, a great quote that, that you said. Uh, say that for me again. Do what you say, say that one more time so everybody can hear that. You do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And and that that in itself, you know, that that's 
you know, there's a, a level of maturity in even um, young people receiving that message and understanding it. And I'm, I'm sure that even yourself, there's probably advice that you got, whether it was in high school or as you're going through college, that at the time uh, you were thinking, oh, it doesn't apply to me because, um, you know, you, you've, you've got your whole future ahead of you. But then kind of when you get, it's kind of a reality check. What were some of your kind of moments of uh, awareness where it may be, was there any pivotal experience that you had right now that, you know, you kind of, where the real world kind of hit you and you had to kind of adjust your, your, your mindset in general? Was there one particular thing that you can think of? Um, yes, I remember when I first started looking for jobs and looking at what they wanted in terms of the qualifications. Um, I would go on Monster, I'd go on Career Builder, and and I, I remember like the first week, you know, I was sitting there, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get a job with Democratic Party or or you know whichever party would take me at the time actually because I just wanted a job, um, and looking at positions and all the experience that they required, and I started thinking, how how am I supposed to get a job when none of them, even the entry level positions, require you know, three years' experience, four years' experience. And it, it scared me a little bit because I I didn't know how to break into any market at that point. And it's 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 a little frightening when you first see that, when you first – because when you're – a lot of people, when you're in college, you don't worry about it until you actually graduate. You don't really start looking for a job because you're just – you're in that school mindset that it's never going to end because you've been in school your whole life, and then it just – one day, you're done. And, um, you know, even if you go and pursue your postgraduate degree, which which I would hope to do in the future, when you, when you first get out of school and it just stops, it's a little a little bit of a, almost like I would imagine like culture shock because it changes your entire environment, like the way you think about things, the way you, you handle yourself. It, everything just changes abruptly, and they don't really prepare you too much for it either. They don't, they don't tell you. This is what it's going to be like when you graduate. This is the real world. It's not easy. They don't really, they don't say that. They just kind of let you graduate and you find out on your own. And it's it's a scary, scary thing. And as I, I think I said earlier, some people get swallowed up by it. They, they, the fear kind of takes them. They get discouraged. They stop applying because they don't think they're going to get anything. But it was, I think, more so, more so than looking through the careers and seeing the experience, um, that was part of it, but that sudden stop and change to where my life was once you're out of school, I think was the most sobering thing, one of the most shocking things that really helped me kind of come around because I'd sit and really think about things for a second and say, okay, i got to get this rolling. How am I going to get where I want to get? What what road am I going to take? And and that's, I think that was probably the the one thing I can really point back to that kind of started to guide me um, and motiv- and keep me motivated because I knew it wasn't going to be easy at that point. Awesome. awesome. And, and you know what, I think that your words, and again, uh, David and I, through our show and our, our programs, you know, we kind of try to get the word out to young people as far as, you know, starting your your job search early. Don't, you know, be careful about waiting until, uh, after graduation or after you got that piece of paper in your hand, at least understand the market, understand, you know, um, start engaging in internships, that type of thing. 
really, that that's something that is at the core of what we um, are about. So, but I think it's so important for other young people to hear it coming from yourself. And it's it's funny when you say that. You know, you you enter college and you think I've got four years, or you know, sometimes four and a half, five, whatever the case may be. But you know, like you said, one day you just wake up and those five years are over. You've got that piece of paper, and then sometimes now you're you're thrown out into this resource and job market that's full of other people who have 10, 15, 20 years experience, whatever the case may be. And so you you have, let alone all the new graduates that are coming out with you, and if you're not on top of it, then the next class is coming right behind you on your heels. So, you know, that that's very interesting, and, um, you know, I, I think that young people can hear it coming from someone else who has just recently, you know, gone through that. And I think that you know a little bit about Atlanta BDPA and also Technology Express and some of the things that we've done as far as placing people in internships, uh, coaching them, uh, doing mock internships to show them what the experience is about, helping them with their professional development and soft skills. Um, what would you say to young people as far as getting into networking and or getting and you know, seeking out internships? What, what would you say to them? It's necessary. Um, if you if you truly want to r- propel yourself into a position to really be desirable, I think internships are key. I, and I remember when I was in school, um, I think my junior year of college, and I I started looking at internships, and then I I, I remember thinking, no, no, I'm good. I'm just gonna I want I really want to take these classes instead, and I didn't do one. And when I got out. I realized that I made a mistake. I think not doing an internship in college is a huge mistake because it's it gets you it gets you that experience. Maybe not necessarily all the experience you need, but the internship really do, like you said, help refine your soft skills, your speaking, interviewing um, skills, resume development, pretty much everything you can kind of refine in an internship. Uh, you might have a lot of natural qualities, natural skill sets, but in terms of tailoring them to a specific job or specific task, that does take experience, and internships really do help develop that. And I I, I volunteered um, once with the BDPA, and hearing them speak and showing how much they care about the youth and how the market is and how they can help us with their, I know they do workshops on the weekends and everything, it is very enlightening a little bit, um, uh, kind of touching, actually, that to see that they cared the way they did. And the fact that they provide the opportunities that they do um, is something that people should really take advantage of. And I, I think a lot of, a lot of um, younger people don't realize that where to look for a job when they get out because it's, they're just straight with a monster. You should really start looking at internships when you get out. That's that would be the best way to get your foot in the door and get the experience, and then you start planning for your career. Some people come out and they can they can get the career. Maybe they had a lot of um experience, or they know someone, or something along those lines. But when you when you get out, the internship route is really the way you had to do because I'm on my second internship now. But each time I each time I've done one, I've kind of gotten to a higher level in terms of like the skill sets and what I can put on my resume. And and what I can speak to in terms of technical knowledge on things like I mean with the internship I'm doing now, 
I can speak to uh, data, refining data, scrubbing data, um, data manipulation. I can do some advanced Excel uh, um, um, options, working spreadsheets, PowerPoint. I mean, it's what, what you can take away from the internship is is limitless. The only thing that will limit you is yourself, really, in terms of what you can learn from an internship. So I think what what the EPA does and 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 the internships and opportunities they provide, it's all out there and, and really just needs to be taken advantage of. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for that. And 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 let me just do a a, a little kind of plug for. You know, Atlanta BDPA, it's a, it's a national organization, so you can also look under bdpa.org for the uh, branch that's in your city or state. Um, we're here in Atlanta, so we're very active in Atlanta bdpa.org, and I'm the Vice President of Education and Professional Development, um, and we've got one of the premier chapters across the organization, but it's just a great organization, and uh, a lot of us are headed to Washington this month for our national conference. Um, and and something you said, it, it's people we are passionate. We love helping, bringing other people, whether it's into the industry or exposing them to the, the industry. And also, very specifically, uh, this show, Technology Expresso Cafe, we do our weekly broadcast. Um, talking to up-and-coming superstars as well as superstars in the industry who are trying to pass on advice. And we encourage you to to follow our show, subscribe to us, uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook to find out who our upcoming guests are. And if you want to reach out to us just for one-on-one mentoring or questions, um, you can even call into our show. Uh, We have a Mentor Me segment, and you can ask a specific question, and we'll, we'll give you coaching. Um, our number for today's show is 714-888-7506. Or if you want to call and leave us a message on our office, you can call us at 855-484-6837. So reach out to us. Um, we love uh, helping people, and we have helped people. So it, it's, it's really exciting. Um, and and there's, there's three things I want to pick up on, uh, something that you said, Derek, you know, Number one, you've been involved in, in internships, and sometimes you, I think you said you're on your second one. There's no, there's no problem with doing multiple internships. You'll learn something from the different experiences. So I, I love that. It's, it's like if, a, if, you, if you have a graduate and they still haven't uh, found that, that job, uh, haven't you know, filled that niche, um, then look for a second internship if your, your previous one has, has terminated or another one comes along. That's important. Another key word you said was volunteer. I heard you said you volunteered. Can't say that mm-hmm. enough. If someone, if you are out of work or looking for work, instead of sitting at home and getting in a slump, get out among people, volunteer. That's exposure. That's experience. And it goes to that keyword networking. You know, a lot of times it's not just what you know. It's who you know. And, you know, you can't just, and, and this is something, and, and maybe you can touch upon this here, to the new generation, so much of social media is right there on their computer, on their laptop. It's, it's ironic, this radio show. We're doing this radio show, and you're on your phone and your laptop, and, and we're in our location um, doing the same. So people, there's not necessarily, you can hide behind the computer and not do as much face-to-face. 
But young people have to understand you do have to learn the art of networking, whether it's in the beginning of your career and sustain that through throughout your career. And you talked about a, a volunteer uh, opportunity. Um, do, what do you what do you think is the attitude of some of the young people? And maybe even your experience as far as networking and, and getting out into professional organizations. I think that we have the ability to do it, but we don't utilize everything that's at our fingertips. I mean, like you said, I mean, I'm not with you physically, but we're all on the show. We have people dialed in. And networking is, I think, in my opinion, I don't have a whole lot of experience, but this I would imagine, has really changed that changed its um its face a little bit because we have, you know, we have the Twitter, we have the Facebooks, we have all the social media where we can keep in touch with each other for long periods of time regardless of where we go, which is a form of networking. And we don't really, I don't think as young people, we don't really see the strength in that and what we have and the link and making a LinkedIn account or, or anything along those lines. It's It's all right here for us to, really take advantage of, and we just overlook it, I think, because it's because it's because um, it has become so just day-to-day in our life with the smartphone and, and the iPads and the laptops, we just don't think about it. And once you start thinking about it and you really start utilizing um, your Facebook in a way to reach out to, you know, other business professionals or, or to LinkedIn and join some interest groups, I think that's when we really start to understand, wow, we could this is really easy to do because of what's available to us. It's just I think we have the ability to do it, we just don't see it because it's you know, these things are around us every day and it's easy to overlook something that you always have with you. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you probably can relate to the face to face and the networking because it it's even in your political science pursuit, um, or your your political wherever you you want to go with that. Um, networking is still very much a part of, of that um, particular industry, so to speak. Um, so mm-hmm. um, I think you had a, another internship, and, and that probably was an important part, but I'm not sure that all students really understand um, the art of, of networking. What, what, what were some of the things that you uh, were surprised about when you did do some of your, your networking? Um, how approachable everyone is. Uh, I think there's, and it might have been because of my sales job, I mean, prior experience, I guess, because I spoke with, you know, CEOs and CFOs, directors of marketing, sales, you know, pretty much the whole gambit. And they are all, they're all just human beings. Everyone, Everyone's really, everyone's approachable. And I think there's this, this persona that you think that an expe- executive is going to have that you get a little bit almost scared because they have a strong they're gonna have a strong personality or you don't feel up to their level in terms of being able to have a conversation. But that's not it. And a lot of the times they enjoy trying to help especially younger people succeed because it's 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 fun to watch things as they develop. Whether it be people or, or anything else in life. It's it's nice to watch things progress through different stages. And I think executives do like to see that with young people and they and they do They'll put themselves out there and make themselves available like you have with this radio show um, to really help out. So it's, I think one of the keys is to not be afraid to, to network and speak to these people because they are just people. And, and I think there's just some, some cloud, some 
almost like putting him on a pedestal sometimes when you see them. You're like, oh, I can't go and talk to him. He's, you know, way above me. And that's, I think, it's a it's a common misconception. Absolutely. That's a good point. A uh, good point. Um, let me ask you, let, let's talk um, also, um, since we're kind of talking about networking people, that type of thing, um, some people have a hard time networking, and some people also have a hard time interviewing. So you've probably mm-hmm. gone through now since, you know, um, uh, high school and college, you've now gone through your fair share of interviews and, and Probably you're finding as you step, you know, further into the uh, professional arena, uh, interviews probably change a little bit from, you know, um, some of the high school interviews you went to. Now, how have you, you your approach uh, matured in uh, interviewing? What tips do you have about interviewing for, for others? What have you learned? Well, all an interview is is a sale because you're selling yourself. Basically, so with as in with any sales technique, any any sales training you ever do, the one thing they tell you is to know your market, know who you're talking to, know what you're selling, and that's that's the number one thing that I focus on. Um, if if I'm applying to somewhere in IT, I'm gonna tailor my resume to that, and then when I get in my interview, you have to be personable, you have to be able to ha- hold a conversation. And a lot of times they'll throw out questions that aren't necessarily related to the job just to kind of test you, test you and see if you have that ability to change topics on the fly because that's, that's something like adapting to change is, is one of the most important things. And, and it's funny because I remember in my most recent interview with uh, this internship, I was speaking to the program manager and I asked him, um, you know, how did you get to your position? And the, and the one thing he said to me that I'll and I'll probably always remember this. He said, "You know, it's funny you ask that. I've never been the smartest. I've never been the fastest learner, but my ability to adapt to change has allowed me to progress to where I am. And and you have to you have to really understand who it is you're speaking to and what they want to hear. They want to hear, you know, you have to sell your skills that relate directly to the job. Sometimes without even." necessarily speaking about the job. You can bring up past jobs and focus in on skill sets that are necessary for the current position that you're interviewing for. So you really have to know your market. I think that would be the number one thing um, going into an interview to, to really prepare for, to know who you're speaking to and know what you're selling. Absolutely, absolutely. Love that. That that it's about selling yourself. And, you know, some of it, and, and that's some of the advice we give, too, so you have to know yourself. You have to know yourself as a brand. Think of yourself as a brand or a product. What is it that makes your brand better than anyone else who's interviewing for this position? What makes you stand out? What do you have to offer that organization um, or that company So or, or the, the project, whoever you're, you're speaking with? So great advice and, and, and great, um, you know, I hope that everyone is, uh, picking up on that, and those who are listening, make sure you share this with the high school students, college students that you know, um, and as well as with parents who have uh, students coming up and, and will soon find themselves in this um, position. Because one of the things is you go to school, I think sometimes they lose sight. You know, school is an extension of high school. You're getting that new experience. You're getting freedom. Not everybody is thinking in terms of, 
the real goal is that you ultimately are trying to get gainfully employed at the end of that four or five year uh, experience. So some people get so caught up in just going to school and, and finishing up school, but there's some planning that needs to start early and often. We, with Technology Express Oil and Atlanta BDPA, we like to start engaging students as early as their sophomore year. Have a plan and then start working that 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 plan. So it's it's so important. So I want to talk about we we talked about the interview process, your resume. Um, that's another thing because it's it's the resume that gets you the interview, and then once you get the interview, that's when you sell yourself. So your resume. Um, where have you gotten advice as far as resume? What, what's some of the best advice you've gotten? as far as your, your resume that you think maybe uh, helped change the game as far as getting your resume recognized? Well, the number one thing is really to focus in on all these skill sets that you've gained through employment and non-employment. And, and you know, if you have a specific, maybe not necessarily just a general hobby, but if it's something along the lines of, um, you know, flag football at college or, or even even – high school football, um, things along those lines. I mean, they build teamwork, it, um, leadership skills, the ability to, to react and think quickly. You have to really break down each position that you've had and look at even the simple skills, uh, customer service, sales, um, things along those lines, and, and really know how to convey them on your resume so that they make sense and so that they make sense for the position that you're applying to um, I mean, a lot of people will, will have a general resume that has the basic skills, but once you start applying to places, you have to tailor your resume and your skills to that specific job or, or that specific um, um, position that you're applying for. So really making sure that you list your skills, all your different skills, and you set skills on your resume would be the number one and knowing how to do it. I've gotten a lot of um, tips um even from my current internship, um, we have um, lunch and learns on Wednesdays, and one of them was on how to build your resume. And and so I've got a lot of experience from there. Um, even now, after I've got my internship, you'll you'll start feeling like, oh, I have resume building down. But there's always something new you can learn, and something helpful that you can learn in terms of building your resume and what to put on it, and how to convey yourself um, certain trigger words that that. Um, executives look for when they look at a resume because when they look at your resume, they're going to look at it for maybe, they're going to skim it. They're going to skim it. They're not going to read it and take the time. They're not going to take five or ten minutes to take the time to read it. So you have to put some powerful words in there that's going to catch their eye, that as soon as they look at it and say, mm, okay, there, 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 good. I want I want to interview this person. And, and make them interested in your resume and take the time. And and that's what you have to do. You have to be able to use these use powerful uh like trigger words to complement your skill set to make them want to breathe more. Absolutely, absolutely. You you just sound like a veteran there just talking. I mean, you're hitting all the the key points so so and it sounds like you've applied them and, and that's why you've you've gotten where you, you are today. So uh, kudos to you. Great job. Great job. Um, really good to hear uh, a young person. <laughs> and, I, and I think one of the things which I'm also picking up on is that you've, you've taken in, you know, a lot of times young people, sometimes it's hard to hear 
when people are trying to give them advice. You know, it's like, I know, I know, I know. It's going to be different with me, you know. So it, it, they, they really are doing a lot of active listening in, the, you know, in the, their early 20s um, and right out of high school. But it sounds like even though I know at times there's, there's times when uh, you probably get more advice than you want to hear, but it does sound like you've really uh, found a way to find a balance and to apply it. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're still, you know, doing things your way and paving your own way, but you are balancing it with, with some of the uh, advice that, that you're getting. Do you have a, a mentor or a coach or, you know, wh- where do you look for, for advice and, and some of the things that you've, Pointed out today. Well, uh, I spend a lot of time thinking internally, um, but I I really I wouldn't say I have a specific mentor. I take I take things from everyone. Any any interaction I have, any human interaction I have with another person, I listen to them. And I and sometimes you take things away from people in random conversations that really have just could happen on the side of the street, but to really, you have to be able to learn from everything. Um, I I pay attention to everything. I look at everything. I study everything. Any conversation, if I overhear a conversation, I'll listen in. I'll study it a little bit. And there's something to take away from everything. Any mistake that you make, the the only the only time you should regret a mistake is if you don't learn from it. If you do not learn from it, then then I see that as being a failure. Um, but it's it's okay to make mistakes, but as long as you learn from them. But I know a lot of my advice I get from my parents. Uh, it's, you know, pretty soon my mom, my dad, I'll, you know, call them and I'll talk to them. And they've helped me progress a lot through my career. Um, and in, in terms, I remember, I think a few seconds ago you said, it sound, you know, I'm pretty good at taking advice from others. That's a new skill set that I've learned because I was that I know, I know, yeah, okay, type of person. Um, and it, it probably maybe this past year, it used to drive my dad nuts too when he tried to give me advice. But you know, just speaking, I guess as I get older, speaking with younger people, um, it really helped me understand how important it is to to take in everything around you and to not just blow things off because you think you might know something already. Because even if you, it's like refining a, a simple simple skill set, basically. Even if you hear it over and over and over again, sometimes you do forget you have to be reminded. And, and you have to understand that when people are giving you advice, they're just trying to help you. It's not, you know, even if even if it's something you know, just say okay and listen to them because they might there might be something in there that you didn't know, and that would be, you know, one of the most important skill sets that you can develop. That ability to pull learning opportunities out of every situation, and not everyone has that. It's a very difficult thing to to really refine, but it if you can learn how to do that, you. It, it'll help you become so successful in anything that you do. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and what, something that I want to can, you know, um, a lifetime of learning. If you have that attitude that you can learn from all sorts of people in any type of uh, situation or um, experience or exposure, opportunity, if you just go into it with, let's see what I can learn from this, um, you'll accumulate just so many different pieces of sage advice, and you don't have to use it all right that moment. Sometimes it's something that you can pull on later on when you find yourself in a particular situation. But I like your your attitude, like you said, the, the lifetime of learning. 
And sometimes maybe that is something that you just have to grow into and you get to that, that point. Um, but sometimes it's, it's best if you do it sooner versus later <laughs> because it, it is sometimes hard because the people around you are watching you make the mistakes that they've already predicted, and, uh, and a lot of times the, your best interest is at heart. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I completely agree. The sooner the better if you can develop it sooner. But it, it is a, it's a hard, hard thing to learn, especially as a young person, because we are cocky, we're prideful, we don't want to hear anything else that anyone has to say because we can figure it all out on our own. And it's hard to step back and, and kind of let go a little bit and, and allow other people in to help you. So I, I, I agree. The sooner you can develop that, the better. You'll be a lot better off for it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and speaking of being open-minded, I, I want to really drive home the point is that had you not been open-minded, you would have never probably pursued an IT internship. You know, some people may, if they were listening at the beginning, you said you, you started out, you know, thinking you might want to be a lawyer going into political science, and now here you find yourself in an IT internship. Um, is that a bit of a surprise to you, too? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, it, it's uh, not a field I thought I was going to ever pursue. Um, never been, never even really thought about it. But I mean, it's and I think I, I said it earlier. It's it's all about the opportunities that are presented to you. And even if it's not somewhere that you necessarily thought that you wanted to go, if you have an opportunity, a good opportunity to come to, you might as well take it and try it out. Because the worst thing that's going to happen is maybe you'll learn about something that you didn't like or that or something you didn't want to do. But the best thing that could happen is you get in a field like I feel like I've gotten into that I never knew that I would enjoy, and I really do like it. I really would want to pursue a career in, in, a, in a market like the IT market because it's interesting, and I had no idea. And if you, if you limit your mindset and you have a narrow focus on things, that's, you're, you're, you're limiting, you're pushing out all these opportunities that have the potential to present themselves to you. And you can't you can't do that. So I never ever would have thought that I'd be working in IT as a political science major. Um so it, it's not quite where I thought I would be, but I'm very happy that I am where I am right now. And, and absolutely it goes back uh, again is that, you know, this uh, we're not even sure if this is going to be your lifetime uh career path. But it's good that during this opportunity, you're absorbing what you can. You're learning things. You're, you're, you're. I mean, even though you're in an IT and internship, you know, you're learning some people skills, some management skills, things about strategic planning and analysis. So there's always what we call those um, reusable or transferable skill sets that can go with you beyond of what you're doing just right that moment. And, I, and I'm, some people may know this, I'm, I'm going to get on my soapbox for just a minute because Technology Expresso, we've um, we really emphasize to a lot of people, whether you're transitioning out of the military or whether um, you are, find yourself in the middle of your career wanting to make a career change, we invite people to explore IT because um, I think people have a complete misconception of IT being just these geeks that do development and, and that type of thing, stay in their cubicles and, you know, just have their headphones on and, and sitting behind a computer. When there's a lot of there's a lot of teamwork and coordination that has to go on, a lot of communication, and there's a lot of people on the team in order to push software out. 
um, keep a software company going, keeping a company that has an IT uh, department, keeping it running. There's so many. And I think you've now had an inside look into IT as a part of your internship. And just the exposure, I think it's opened you up to so many different opportunities. Not everybody is a developer in IT. There's everything from project management, business analysis, testing. Um, it, I, I know that I'm, I'm – you, you probably know some that I, I'm missing right now myself. Um, but it is definitely a lot of variety. And the second part is is that every industry has to leverage IT in some sort of way. Technology, is it permeates. Every area. I mean, even from even I was there saying even in political science. I mean, the the whole voting process and the tabulation and and the reporting. Now, when I watch the um, during the elections, they're so up to the minute. You know, when they're reporting, and that's all through some there's some computer program crunching those numbers as those votes are coming in, and and they're predicting what states are turning colors and so on and so forth. And so everything's gone so high tech. So. I encourage people, if you're listening, and, and Derek is a living example, and again, just so you know, I'm talking today with Derek Blackman, and he's one of the interns that we placed, and um, he's sharing some of his uh, sage advice, but um, he's explored the IT industry, and if nothing else, it's great exposure. So be careful of when you say what you will and won't do and what's not for you. Just give it an opportunity. And and I think even the internship has been also great probably just meeting some new and, and unique people. Um, so um, it sounds like, uh, and I think I, I can speak from experience, that it's, it's been a good experience for you, the, the IT internship. So thank you. Yes, thank you definitely. for that. Let me ask you about, because now that you've worked with some of the interns and now that you you've been out of school a little bit, you're working with some other interns on the, the team that they're still in school. Um, and so you've got to do some coaching, you know, you know, been bringing them along, and um, you've kind of been a, a role model and mentor to them. What would you say in general to the audience that may be listening to this broadcast about work, work ethics? You know, you can get the job, you get in there, now you're, you're doing the work. What do you say to, to young people about um, what they need to bring to the table when it comes to uh, working in, in the professional environment? You, you have to bring that work ethic um, is, is number one. In my opinion, the way I always look at it is um, the interview is not over with the interview and it's not over when you get the job unless you want to be in the same position for the rest of your life, which I would hope no one wants. Um, you have to look at your job as an ongoing interview because there's always a reason, there's always a method to, to everything that's happening, and there are people who are watching you usually because they, they're looking for the next person to move up. And if you treat your job as an interview, as as an evaluation at all times, I think it will help you really progress through your career and keep the right mindset in terms of your work ethic. And then – Secondly, you have to be able to adapt to change. You have to. I think I've said it probably three, four, five, six times in the past 20 minutes. But you have, if you can't adapt to change, you're not going to make it. You have to be able to be flexible. If it, new tasks come up um, with projects, they sh- shift focus. 
sometimes you'll do something and they'll come back and say, no, redo this. You you have to just take it as it is and redirect. You have to. It's it's essential. It's essential um, in, in terms of performing correctly. And then just being able to communicate with a team and, and with um, – with your managers and, and everyone in the correct fashion. Uh, uh, that's that's something that you learn while working, especially if you haven't had a job. It's hard to know how to do that. But be being able to, to recognize different personalities and how to communicate with them um, is is something that you can use regardless of where you go, IT, politics, any job environment, that's something that you have to be able to do that's really going to help you. Because you can't say the same thing to different people and then take it the same way. You have to know who you're talking to. It's knowing your audience. You have to know who you're speaking to and how, how to convey the message that you're trying to get across to them. So I think, in my opinion, that ability to adapt to change um, and, and that work ethic and the teamwork, um, those are probably the three core things I would really put um, in everyone's mind in terms of trying to um, progress yourself through a job and, and being the type of person that people are going to want to work with. That they're going to say, "I want that person on my team." That's that. Those are the those are the key things that you're going to want to be able to portray. Absolutely, and and again, that goes back to that transferable skill teamwork. You know, um, you a lot of times in in college and school, you're studying, you're you're doing your tests. It's all about you, but actually. Understanding when you're working with the team and some of the challenges, different personalities, different work aspects, there's even, you know, you're working with people that you never even actually see. I, I think you're getting that experiences, too, that day-to-day you work, you're depending and trusting team members, um, and you've never met them face-to-face. And that's going to be quite common in, you know, um, the, the world going forward, again, thanks to technology, but the uh Project teams is spread not just across uh, the company and time zones and countries, and and so all of that factors in. And once you've had some real-world experience, and that's what, you know, the internship also provides, you can, when you're going for your your next interview or next opportunity, you can give them real-life examples of how you work with other teams, team members, and and work within a, a team. So, uh, that that's a, a great example of, you know, a takeaway that you can get from an internship. Um, so really, really excited for that and um, excited for that example that, that you shared with the audience as far as their, their work ethics, things that they need to um, make sure that they're bringing to the table. Don't get too lax once you get the job. Because just like you said, as people are watching you, they're making notes, these are people who can give you uh, references, professional references, uh, based on your, your performance. And then they're looking for the, the shining stars. Uh, the organization I work with and, and we work with, this is, this is called Early Talent. Uh, the program where, for our internship is Early Talent. So it's kind of like we're scouting for the best and the brightest of what, who's coming out of college, and that's who we want to, to bring into our internship program and to help uh, groom to some extent. But also, once they graduate, we can also uh, have first picking. So, you know, that's what, what employers are looking at. So don't just take internships as just something 
to get you through something to get a credit or a checkbox so that you can get to graduation um, or something that you can have on your resume. Make sure you get as much out of it. Make sure you put as much into it because people are watching you. And it may not be that you're going to be employed at that job, but they may know someone that knows someone. And, and just like even in your case, Derek, um, even with, with the organization you're working with now, there may be someone who uh, could put a good word in with you, may be connected from a political perspective um, around Atlanta and could put a word in for you. So, And I want to ask you about that. What are, what are, do you kind of think every now and then, because I think young people have to realize you have to kind of, you may have your five-year plan or your 10-year plan, but you every now and then have to come back and tweak it. Um, so now that you've been out of school for a little while and you've now gotten familiar with the job market, what do you still have or have you ever had a five-year plan or do you think that's kind of cliche or corny? I mean, what are your thoughts? I think it depends on the person um, because I'm always, as you see, shifting focus, shifting gears. So my plan is a very flexible and definite plan. Right now my plan is to get hired full-time at one point at the end of the internship. <laughs> but uh, it's for for me, it it depends on the person in terms of how they want to set things out. Some people can make a plan and follow it to the T. Me, I'm not I'm not good at necessarily doing that, but I, I'd like change. And I'm always um, looking, you know, down different avenues, down different roads. So I have a very flexible makeshift plan um, that – isn't much of a plan at all, I guess. It, but it does. It just depends on the person. I don't think it's cliche. I don't think it's a bad thing to have a five-year plan or a ten-year plan. For a lot of people, that's going to be a good thing. Some people need to have a plan to keep them moving um, um, through a process, or they need the, uh, some kind of end result to work towards. It just it really does depend on the person. I don't think it. I don't think it'd be cliche to have a plan, but I don't necessarily think that it would be 100% necessary to set out a definite plan because things are going to change. Um, I mean, look at me, political science major, and now working in IT. If I'd made a five-year plan three years ago, it definitely would not have been anywhere near the same as what it would have been three years ago. So it does. It depends on the person. It, it just it really does depend on the personality type and um, if they want to have a set plan that they can follow. I think it's good. I'll, I'll end up making one once I get into my career. When I get into my career, it's like, okay, this is my position now. Where do I want to be in five years, and when I, where do I want to be in ten years? It's easier to do it in a stable environment. And when you're still looking for a job, it's not it's not a stable environment, so it's hard to make a set plan. Absolutely, absolutely. Good advice, good advice. And, and along the lines, you know, let's talk about, as you reflect back, when you were in high school and when you were in college, you had uh, uh, school counselors and, and that type of thing. Do you think that the school system, you know, just in, in your opinion, and, and I, I know you have different views and, and with your political aspirations, I just wonder, do you think that the school system, what, what would you say about the school system and maybe where they could do better by students? And then also what students need to do if their schools aren't providing what they, they need to get them prepared for what's ahead of them in the future? What, what are your thoughts on that? It's funny that you ask that because um, – for um, my senior seminar paper, um, we studied the um, university system and wrote a 20-page paper on 
um, the university system, and we spoke a lot about its shortcomings. And um, I remember, and I, I think I spoke to the other interns about this um, because we did a, a quick review on Friday of the internship of my leaving now and going back to school. And I remember saying the problem with the, with the school system is it's a lot of times it's become too technical that they overlook the soft skills. They they anger way at teaching you this is how you do this, this is how you do this, this is how you do this, but they don't have you take any kind of like speech classes. And a couple of the guys there, um, um, uh, they have I, I forget what the degree is, but it's a technical degree in IT. And they were saying, you know, what they took away from the internship was the ability to present things, to give a presentation, to speak to people, because they they're not required to take any of those type of classes. They're not required to take any kind of public speaking class. And that's so essential to everything, to being able to get a job, being a good leader, to everything that gets overlooked And when, when you end up getting a technical degree, which is why I was happy with my liberal arts degree because I did get to develop all the, a lot of these different skills, giving you know, verbal presentations, working on teams, sitting on committees, um, things, things of that nature. I didn't get the technical toolbox, but I'm kind of happy in the way that I'm developing right now. I have that soft skill background, and now I'm kind of getting the technical thing. But in terms of the school system, what they could do better would be to develop those soft skills regardless of your major, even if you are, you know, IT security major, um, network security major. Like, they they still need to take, you know, a public speaking class or a, a writing class, creative writing class. The The you know, the artistic-type classes, those are skill sets that have to be developed. And the university system oftentimes will overlook those with the technical degrees, and you can see it when you get into a career field. Uh, like with me, I sit in, uh, around a lot of um, a lot of technical people, and a lot of them, they just kind of keep themselves in a nutshell, which is fine, but you have to be able to to hold a conversation, to hold a meeting, to be able to, to um, analyze things from a different perspective and I think these kind of soft skills are overlooked far too often with technical degrees in the university system, as well as even even within high school. Um, high school is a little different because you're just getting a very uh, a basic understanding of different things. You're not really you're not learning any kind of concepts or uh, analytical skills. Really, it's more just you know I remember taking government in high school and I hated it, but I love political science. And they're two almost two different things between the high school and the university system. In high school. Three branches of government, separation of powers, blah, 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 blah. But then in college, you start really getting into, like, the political thinkers and, and their concepts and the different theories and, and everything along those lines. So, um, but kind of going back, it's, it's the soft skills that get overlooked in the university system, in my opinion, from what I've seen. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and, and I'm glad you, you, you shared that um, because um, – you're absolutely right, and and that is actually one of the niches and the voids that DDPA and Technology Expresso has been helping to fill that gap for people who are seeking what we refer to as professional development. Um, this past March, we had a professional boot camp, and we took people through actual scenarios where they'd have to do presentations, they'd have to run a meeting, they'd have to deal with even in some cases, a uh, resistant or hostile audience um, or uh, hostile colleagues. And we took them through real-world scenarios, and then we'd critique them and give them feedback. Um, so we've, we've created that because we found so many people who had that gap and, 
you made a, a good point. Because we deal a lot with people in IT, they're missing those soft skills. And like you said, unless you plan on sitting in your cubicle and just being a developer, um, which is fine, but even in, in that respect, if you ever plan on managing other developers, or even if you have an idea that you're trying to get across to management, you've got to learn communications. You've got to learn teamwork. You've got to learn how to interact with people, deal with people. So it, it, it's really no one is excluded from needing those soft skills. Um, the school systems, they absolutely, and we work with some of the, the school systems. I'll actually I'll be speaking at DeVry. We, BDPA has a great relationship with DeVry, and I'll be speaking at a, a panel with them. Please visit our website at technologyexpresso.com to find out about um, our upcoming speaking engagements and other shows related to this. But And as well as visit atlantabdpa.org to find out what upcoming programs and boot camps that uh, we're having as well to help with professional development. Um, and, and, again, like I said, we've helped people because um, you're learning early on. So, Derek, you are uh, ahead of the game. I'm still working with people who have 15, 20 years of experience who still don't know those soft skills, and therefore they're frustrated because they can't move up or they can't move on or they even can't even start their own businesses. Um, and it, at this point they're pointing their finger at everyone else when really it's some professional development, tweaking, and coaching that they didn't get early on in their career. So you know what? I, I really enjoyed today's conversation, and believe it or not, we've already burned up 60 minutes. Time flies. <laughs> And everything you said, it, it was so important. And I, I know that people who listen to this show, we're going to be pushing this show out. And um, as you may know, we're up to 20,000 listeners uh, of our archive shows. And I know this is, I expect this to be one of our highest rated shows yet because, Derek, you did an awesome job. I really, I really appreciate it. No, thank I appreciate you having me, giving the opportunity to speak. I, I enjoy talking about this, especially if it's going to be useful. Absolutely, absolutely. So with that, that ends another episode of Technology Expresso Cafe. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to our guests. And get their continued success in all that you do. do. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jacqueline.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.